Edgman with Father Seekers. Father Seekers is a group of men who are striving to be great men, great dads. And we have two common denominators. One, we grew up without a father. And the other is that we love Jesus even to the death. Hey, thanks for listening today. Today, we are going to jump into something here on Teach Me to Father, the podcast sponsored and driven by fatherseekers.org, Father Seekers. Father Seekers dads who are learning the art and the skill, developing a toolkit to be able to serve their wife and their kids, to be great dads, dads with the spirit of their heavenly father. You know, that is not a far reach. That is not hard to think about. It's not hard to to accomplish, is to have the spirit of a father that only comes from God. You know, the spirit, the fatherhood spirit is derived from your father. That's one of the big secrets about father seekers that we push and press in all of our communication with friends and listeners everywhere is that our fatherhood skill set comes from our father. It's passed down to us. And if you grew up without a dad, you don't know until you know. That's what we do here at Father Seekers is we are spreading the good news, the information about how to be a good father, even if you grew up without a father, because that's part of the redemptive purpose that God himself offers, is to become something that we are not, that we can't be, because we we weren't made aware, we weren't taught, we weren't shown. But here's the beauty about, about God, and here's the beauty about the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's this, is that in all things, Christ is the Redeemer. So he redeems us. Now, last week, we we poked the bear in culture. And to be honest with you, uh, I I think the more we talk about being a good father, the more we have to address a couple of things significant cultural things, significant cultural ideas and understandings. And one of those things is is being a biblical man. What is what does biblical manhood mean? Now there there are there are there are there is a great attack, a significantly designed attack by the enemy, the devil. And to, to attack men and their position in culture. Now, one of the tools, one of the, one of the decisive markers, one of the decisive weapons that the enemy has amplified and pressed forward is this concept or this idea of, of either squelching men to be beta males and we'll talk about that in a minute, shutting them down or amplifying through some men 
to be what culture calls alpha males. Alpha males, culturally defined, are bullies, narcissists, and just plain mean and and disrespectful to anybody that doesn't cower to their way, especially disrespectful and cowering, uh, expecting their wife and kids to cower and to bow down. That's, that's, that's not an alpha male. That's, that's an arrogant bully. That's a weakling. That's a small-minded man with a broken soul who needs to experience the Lord Jesus Christ to change his way of thinking and living. But the other tool the enemy uses is the deception that he has, he has widespread to men who call themselves Jesus guys and infiltrating their thinking and their hearts with a concept and the idea that to be a strong man, you have to be an alpha bully male defined by culture. That's not at all what, what being a biblical man is, biblical manhood. That's not at all it. And my friend, if you are that guy, the bully alpha guy or the beta male, you need to stop both because neither of them are of biblical pattern. Neither of them, neither of them have anything to do with extending and planting the kingdom wherever your foot sits or in the hearts and the minds and the souls of your wife and kids. We have, we have been misled and and as I look back, let's let's look back. We'll we'll talk about just in a second about how this happened over the culture, over the years in the culture. I can go back at least sixty years and talk about it. But but here's the question that I want to ask you today. It's not if you don't know, you don't know. If you don't know, you won't know until you do know. And this is at least today and and next week, because we will not get through today. But but what I want to talk about today, I want to ask you this question. What does it mean to be a godly man? Now, part of being a godly man means that we exemplify a pattern, a model, we, we all follow patterns. We all model. There is nothing new under the sun that you or I will ever come up with that some sort of new characteristic that we can utilize to be a super superman in every way. So all of, all of our discussion here is about what, what in the kingdom of God does it mean to be a godly man? Surely part of being a godly man is being a biblically driven man where all the characteristics of our life are are from the scripture are from the models of men in scripture particularly that of the Lord Jesus Christ now when you talk about him being the ultimate man he was is and will ever be the ultimate man there will never be another like him but yet we have this opportunity in our lives, guys, for him to live in us, through us, around us, and have an, a powerful effect in every life that we have, every life that we have. Now, we are, 
by nature, men, we are disciple makers. We make disciples wherever we go. In business, in our home, in our relationships, in our circle of guys. And and let me push this a little bit here. If you don't have at least four or five guys, three to five guys in your life who who are your soundboards, who hold you accountable, who who pull you into place, who who hold you and keep you on course with living a, a godly lifestyle as a man, you, you're missing a wonderful gift that God has given. So here's, here's what I want to ask you again. What does it mean to be a godly man? Surely being a godly man means that we are, we are examples of biblical manhood. Now I I fully expect and anticipate and and I desire feedback. I you know you there will probably be some blowback once this podcast hits the right ears. And we look for that, we applaud that, we actually want that to happen, but here is the purpose. Here is what we are not trying to get blowback and attention. What we are wanting to do is to tell the story of what being a biblical man is because culture has attacked manhood. It has attacked masculinity. And when I say masculinity, I'm not talking about what culture says. I'm talking about what Scripture says. I'm talking about about things like don't exacerbate opportunities to control your family. Don't upset your kids. Don't make them angry. Be firm and loving and show them discipline. Discipline means to teach them the right way, not to not 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 anything else. Love your wives as Christ loved the church so much so that he died for her. Treat her as a treasure, a gift, something beautiful and wonderful to be adored and held high and loved and cherished. That's biblical manhood. That's biblical masculinity. Now, when we jump in and we talk about we talk about what what actually is biblical manhood, what is biblical masculinity, we have to look at, in a general sense, all all of the definitions. Now, I've researched this for some time now, and one of the things that I've realized is that there are literally hundreds of different characteristics, ideas, definitions, some action-driven, some some definitive of masculinity, some, some fused with culture, which you can throw that trash out right now. Uh, some, some, who, some who the characteristics are, are aspirations of, of wounded people, and those are the ones that I find most telling because they, look, Culture screams loudly for men to lead with with power and authority, but with love and kindness and generosity. That's where culture stops with power and authority. And if we do not have Jesus, if we do not have the fatherhood spirit of God himself, which we can have, he imparts that to us. We get our fathering spirit from our father. If you're fatherless, your father is God. He said it many times in Scripture. We have to avail ourselves to that. We have to we have to pursue Him, 
and ask him. He will help us. But when we begin to examine what does it mean to be a man with power and authority balanced with humility, kindness, gentleness, generosity, peace of heart and mind, living a sacrificial lifestyle, what is it that actually what is it that actually defines and actually creates a pathway to figure out not only the steps to take but the practices to begin to incorporate into our lives because we've looked at a model and we've examined the model and we understand the model scripture's full of 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 great great men but they were not all perfect men in fact there is only one perfect man and he he is he is the lord jesus christ he was the perfect son he lived his life patterned after after the direction of his father he embraced his father he embraced the love and the direction and and you could even say you could even say and here's a great here's a great example of of discipline discipline is not is not beating or punishing or taking away but it's course correcting that's what discipline means by the way that's where we get our word disciple but in the garden jesus said father if you would take this cup from me I don't want to do this. I don't want to go with the cross. Yet, not my will, but yours. In that moment, Jesus received the course correction from his father. Now, Scripture doesn't record what was said, what the exchange was necessarily there, exactly what was what happened. But Jesus, I have to believe that in that moment, the father said, son, we have to do this. And there was a, a course correction that the father led his son to. Now, remember, Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. That's hard to wrap, to wrap our minds around. Yet, nonetheless, Jesus did not use his kingly authority, his heavenly power to overcome his flesh. He lived a life that was pleasing to his father he wanted to please his father, so he did by living an obedient lifestyle. But when you look at guys, when you look at guys in the Bible like like Adam, there are there are distinct biblical manhood things to draw, concepts, models to draw from the mistakes that Adam made. The same with King David. The same with Old Testament kings. Did you know that most, most, most all of the Old Testament kings were more concerned with building their kingdom than they were fathering their sons to extend the reach of their kingdom into the future? But also, there are good examples in Scripture that we can say that is a great great concept or characteristic to model. You know, as we look around and try to define what biblical manhood is, we can get off course really quick because of what we see lacking in culture and what we need to combat that. 
and I have conversations with with my friends many times, often, about this very, very same topic and what can we do to fight back. Well, a lot of my friends are they're manly dudes. And when I say manly dudes, I'm saying if you're ever in a knife fight in an alley, you want one of these guys with you. They are they are a man's man and they are meek. And just to revisit meek for a minute, meek doesn't mean you're a a mat at a door for people to walk all over and wipe their feet on. But it does mean that I understand my authority and my power and my strength that is God-given, my position in the kingdom, and at the drop of a hat and by the instruction of the Holy Spirit, I will I will drop right now and turn into a table flipper if I have to, to drive things out of the temple of my life and the temple of my family. I will destroy things that will threaten my family. But again, all directed and led by the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about something totally different here. We're talking about not not usurping others' positions to gain our power and authority. We are talking about living a lifestyle that is humble, that is kind and generous, that shows favor to those we love and to those that we don't necessarily love or have respect for. But we're kind. This thing of biblical manhood, if guys, if we do not grasp hold of it, we will, we will, we will have more fight in the future and our sons' sons will have a greater fight if we don't act today. Today is the day to act on this. Now, let's talk about what culture says. Let's talk about, let's talk about what culture says an alpha male is an alpha male in general. He pursues power and strength for his position and authority to, to push forward and to, to climb the ladder and to be the guy on top who controls the world. Now, some of these characteristics of an alpha male are not bad at all, but, but you get down to the bottom of the list and you start going, uh, uh, Highly intelligent, fearless, magnetic personality, great intuitive sense, people reader, a little bit of dis- discerner, can read a room well, natural leader. Much of the time, those those characteristics are they're 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 displayed by guys who are obnoxious. You ever met just a loud mouth guy who who does more talking than he does showing? The loudest guy in the room is always the weakest guy. The quietest guy in the room is all also the most dangerous guy. Alpha males, defined by culture, they're always sure of themselves. They, they're always making the perfect decision. Goal-driven, knows how to charm women. Usually unemotional. Huh. Fast decision makers. If we make the wrong decision, we'll just run over it and and power through it, not affected by criticism. You know, there's truth in criticism if it's done the right way. If it's done leading well, there's truth. There's truth in criticism. But you can see real quick how alpha males can be misunderstood because they're they're driven by a couple of things, conquering, control, 
and building building their own kingdom. Imagine imagine being around a person that uh, imagine being around a person that all they care about is power and authority and conquering the world for their own good. When you begin to study biblical manhood, you run into concepts and ideas and theories about about what real men should be. And that's what we're talking. What What is a real man? What does he look like? What does he do? And how does he do it? You've got the alpha male. Let's let's look at let's look at the the beta male. What's a beta male? A beta male is supportive and subordinate to and answers to alpha males. Now, I want I want to draw a picture here. If you're one of these types of males, it doesn't mean that this is condemnation or we're we're shooting you down. What it means is it's time to change and to recognize who you are. You don't know until you understand. Once you understand, then there is a rhythm of redemption that has to come through repentance. And if that rhythm of redemption doesn't come through repentance, we as men will exaggerate the state in which we are, and we will become more ingrained and more rooted and deeper entwined in what we think is right. Because the more we the more we drive away from being and living the example that Jesus left, the more difficult it becomes to change. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't. It means that you must. And it also means that you must have those three to five guys around you that read your mail and calls you calls your bluff. Because I know as a man, if we feel like we're losing and we are losing position and we don't feel like we we have the power and the authority to hold a position, we will bluff our way through it. And then there is the pathway to becoming a liar and a cheat. Bro, God did not create you or me to be that way. He did not create us to live a life that that is like that. He created us to be powerful men, full of Holy Spirit wisdom, to lead our families, and to be to be guys who create legacy and destiny and future for our kids and a better life for ourselves and our wives. There is something better than what we are trying to pursue through the flesh. But I might also add that in the attack of masculinity and and manhood, because it is a false masculinity, it is a false model of manhood. When we stand up as men of God and we say, this is who we are, we have to be quick to define and live lives that speak loudly without words that we are Jesus guys, that we express humility, generosity, kindness, and all the other fruit of the Spirit and gifts flowing through us. There's, this is a big topic. Here's some, here's some characteristics of a beta male. His output's usually mediocre. He's not goal-driven, hates competition, satisfied with his position, does not convince people to adopt his thoughts. He's usually passive with someone he loves. He does not like leadership positions. He lets his partner decide. He's easygoing. He doesn't care if it's not perfect. He's mostly patient and calm. He does not look intimidating. He's a good team player. 
puts others first before himself. And, and some of these stand alone are not bad, but when they become the dominant characteristic, he's an introvert, beta male, on and on, not self-disciplined, he's in the friend zone. Some of those characteristics, if they apply to you, it, it's not an indictment. It's a, it's a wake-up call. It's a checklist, both the alpha male list and, and the beta male. But in my study, I, I have to tell you, in my study, there's also another type of male, and it's the delta, the delta male. And again, let me reemphasize, if you have these characteristics in your life, listen, it's not the end of the world. It's not. It's a checklist for change. Change and become, become like Jesus. Now, some are already asking, what, what are the characteristics of, of the Jesus alpha male? It, hold, hold on. Here's a delta male. They avoid the spotlight. They lead opposite of alpha males. Delta males are submissive in relationship. Deltas are people pleasers. They work hard. They work hard at playing the victim. <laughs> you know anybody about you know anybody about that? There's also one other there there's there it, it, when when you dive into this guys listen there is there is a world of confusion here. That's why when culture wants to confuse they are always adding more categories to distract you from what you previously learned. That's why absolute authority authority that only comes from God himself through through the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding by way of Scripture. Friend, listen, there is no other way to understand manhood. We've got to understand that Jesus is the guy. He's the model maker. Let's talk about more what culture says about men. And we talked about the alpha male, the delta male, the beta male. Let's talk about the gamma male. Gamma male, very intelligent guy. They're not conventionally handsome. I've, I fall into that one. <laughs> They're suitors. Gamma males are jealous. Are you, see, are you seeing what's happening here? Are you seeing how culture is undermining and creating a passivity amongst men? Are you seeing the the corruption and the intertwining of confusion about men? Can you can you not see it? When I be the more I dig into this, the the angrier I become because this is not what God says. This is not what God says about men. This is not what he called us to be. Are are you are you hearing me? What is going on in the church? What is going on in in groups of men who love Jesus? What in the world is happening? Why are we sitting back and letting culture define? Because once culture defines, culture will control they disrupt with confusion and examples that are not, not fully truthful. 
Just like the devil himself, he uses his native tongue, Jesus said, and his native tongue is liar. So in the culture, he uses corruption and confusion of truth to disrupt what God wants in the lives of men. Let that settle for just a second. God does not want men to be weak. Neither does he want men to be a bully like Satan was, or a deceiver, or a liar. Gamma men, we've talked about alpha men, beta, alpha male, beta male. Now we're talking about, we talked about delta male. Here's, here's some more about the gamma male. Do you not see, do you not see what's happening? Corruption of confusion here. Corruption by confusion. Gamma males fear failure. If you can believe it, there's another one. The culture's pulled out of its bag of trash. And I'm talking about the culture of the world. And when I talk about the culture of the world, I am not be clear, be crystal clear, and know I am not talking about people who peddle the concepts of culture. They are deceived and they are broken. I'm talking about the concept and the idea and the mentality and the corruption of who God created men to be. I'm talking about this cultural concept that is driven by confused people to attack manhood the way God intended. Here's another one, if you can believe it. I I don't, I don't, the more I've del- delved into this, the more crazy I think, holy cow, how can this how have we let it go for so long? Look, if you're a men's, if you're a men's leader in any capacity, if you're a men's pastor, especially, if you are not awakened by the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about being woke. That's another lie from the pit. But I'm talking about being awakened by Holy Spirit to what's happening in our culture to counteract that by teaching men how to be godly men. If we are not doing that, I will tell you now, our grandsons will pay a price that we could have stopped them from paying and God help our great grandsons. God help them. If we do not act now, we are creating a future and a legacy for our grandsons and great grandsons to live in a world where men are emasculated and be crystal clear. This has nothing to do with, with women being out of control. Get that trash out of your mind. For, a, for there to be a biblical manhood presence in the world, there must also be a biblical womanhood presence. We're going to talk about that more in the future too because there has to be balance in the kingdom. And it, the balance comes from what God says about man, not what man says about God and of what man says about each other. It's what God says about man and what God says about woman and how that works together. Let's talk about gamma, gamma, I don't, gamma males. Can, can, can you get any more confused? Think about people who don't, who they read a list. Listen, think about people who read a list and go, oh, that's me, because, because they didn't have a father that says, hey, son, this is who you are. This is why you exist. This is what God made you to be. 
This is who you are, and this is what God wants you to do with your life. If you didn't have that influence in your life, and you see this checklist, you begin to identify yourself by a checklist that's not even true per se, and then we identify with that checklist, and we become that checklist. I've just defined for you why the culture is like it is, because there's no leadership in general, men full-on leading other men in biblical manhood. I, I, like many others, there are many other men around the country in leadership positions who are calling for a revolution of biblical manhood, and I am calling for that revolution. Now, what does that have to do with being a good father who grew up without a father? Here's what it has to do with. We have to identify with our weaknesses and identify with the strength that the Lord Jesus gives, not identify with the weaknesses that culture says we have because culture is forcing a concept and idea that emasculates men from being the godly men God has called them and designed them to be, gamma males. And and honestly, this a lot of these are just repetitive and just new name tags. There's a lot of similarities between these lists, but just enough to be confusing. I want to give you one more. One more is the omega male. And it's going to, this is going to mean something. Alpha male, omega male. Okay. Again, similar characteristics, all confusing, all misleading, all contorting the truth, throwing smokescreen, omega guys are introverted and get tired of socializing with people. You see how this could fit anybody? Omegas aren't conscious about their looks. Omega males struggle to find partners. Omega men are pretty humble. Omega males are not competitive. Are, are you, uh, is, this, uh, is this ringing a bell with anybody? I know in my circle of five it is, and I have a couple of circles of five. Because I'm that needy to be around guys who are men of God. Now, none of us in this circle are perfect, but together we are a force to be reckoned with. And in early fall, fatherseekers, fatherseekers.org will be releasing a biblical manhood series that you can utilize anywhere with your with your group of five or more. If you have five groups of five, great, but we're going to be releasing in early fall some product that will help you develop your five or your your multiple groups of five or help you even find a group of five and develop because to change culture, we have to do it from the grassroots because once the grassroots are empowered, the lies from the pit of hell can be dislodged defused, debunked, and then done away with. But it happens because the grassroots are empowered and because we stand up as as one group, as one man per se. And we say, no, that's not the way it goes. Here's the way it goes. Why? Because we have patterned our lives in the way we live after the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pattern 
our manhood after the Lord Jesus, and we understand that being a good father is the highest calling that any man could ever receive. It is the highest calling. Why? Because God himself has called us to be fathers, and his same fathering spirit can be evident in us. In fact, I will say this, that that the intention of God was for us as fathers to be the exact representation of himself to our kids and our wife. That's a big call. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it riddled with mistakes and missteps and and learning? Absolutely. That is why we power up together. I will tell you that if you are trying to lone wolf this thing, you will be devoured and you will be distracted to dark and you'll be offset every step of the way. I want to wrap up with with this with this idea with this I want to wrap up what we're saying today. One of the names Jesus gave himself I am the alpha and the omega. The Greek alphabet alpha is the first letter, omega is the last. Omega actually was the least of all. Alpha was the primary, the first, the beginning, the only, the originator, the model, the first. Jesus is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the beginning of all things until the very end and he will be there in the end full on full power fully god the lord jesus so when we talk about being a jesus alpha male this is what we're talking about being a jesus alpha male humble in spirit, but able to flip tables, wise and discerning, but can at the right time under the leadership of Holy Spirit can fashion a whip and drive money changers out of the temple. You can throw away every category of every male I mentioned today. And when I say Jesus, alpha male, I'm talking about he was the beginning, the first. He's the last, but he's the model. And I would also say there's none other like him. So when you hear me say from now on, Jesus, alpha male, we're crushing culture. That's who we are. That's what we do. Teach me to father. Don't stop. Let's go. Fatherseekers.org.